Podcast. That club a couple of weeks ago, you had a, a lady come up and she was talking about how she lost her daughter. And since losing her daughter, she gained weight. She gained a lot of weight. She gains a lot of extra pounds. And we were tuning in, trying to support and help her. And I asked her, I was trying to make this connection for her between the food and the emotional element. And I asked her if she could explain in one word how she felt, how she overall felt about losing her daughter. And what do you think she replied? Did she say empty? empty? She said empty. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. You need to take it to this deep, energetic and emotional level because if you're not, you're overlooking something. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Welcome, beautiful souls, to another episode, another session of your Cosmic Love Antenna. And I am super excited today for my beautiful guest and our beautiful conversation that we're going to have. And I'm going to get to that in two seconds here. But I want to quickly remind everyone, one of the major goals of the Cosmic Love Antenna is to connect inward so we can spread our loving light out into the world and not just spread it out into the world, but spread it out holistically. And my powerful friend, my powerful colleague, my powerful mentor in many ways is joining me here today to have a chat specifically about this sort of holistic lens and how we can tune into this beautiful being that we are. My guest, Leslie Rubinoff, is the OG holistic bitch. She is a holistic practitioner, nutritionist based in Canada. But as is the trend, as is the theme here on this platform, she is so much more than that. She is a past life lover of mine. She is a deep and powerful friend, and she is a movement maker in the world. Leslie, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna. Thanks for having me, friends. Excited to dive deep with you. How are you feeling, Leslie? I know you're moving through some things at the moment. How's your how's your energy? I'm feeling much better. I'm feeling much better. Um, definitely tapped into modalities that that work, you know, some Reiki just moved energy, moved a lot of stuck shit, no pun intended. Um, so yeah, I'm feeling good today. So if you can have me today. If you're listening, you know, Leslie is a, a powerful practitioner that doesn't just speak from the knowledge that she has, but she speaks from the experience that she's either been through or is currently going through. And she's Leslie's doing a, a cleanse at the moment. And I'm asking about where she's at. And we'll we'll get into that in a second. But Leslie, I want to start this conversation for people that might not know your voice, that might be new to your beautiful energy. I, I want to know about this bitch word because there is definitely a acronym that I'd love for you to share about it, but I'm interested, you know, people that know you maybe on clubhouse, maybe on Instagram, maybe from your Facebook group, they know this sort of moniker. I'm wondering where it came from. So the truth is, is that holistic bitches is fairly new. Like that wasn't my brand. That wasn't it came with clubhouse. I had to come up with a club. I wanted to separate myself. I wanted it to feel very Leslie, uh, that raw, you know, no bandaid, no filter vibe. And I wish I could take credit 
for the acronym, but I can't because it's not mine. I don't know who somebody in Clubhouse had said to me, you know, the word bitch doesn't mean it's not a negative word because it's getting a lot of heat for it. And I was like, it's not even before I knew the acronym. I'm like, you can choose to make a word positive or negative. It's just like the word fuck. Like everyone gets antsy about it, but it can be used fun and playfully. So someone said, well, bitch isn't a negative word. It means being total control of him or herself. And I'm like, yes. And their health. So that is where the bitch acronym comes from, but it is not mine. And I forget whose it is, but I, I energetically give them credit. Yeah. And it's, you attracted it right through the community and the love that you put out into the world. And also something I'm going to get to in a second, but I want to, I want to go back to one thing, but also to hit on this idea of those words being challenges that people have. And I would highly encourage you if you're listening to this episode and that B word does trigger some things in you, does cause some things to come up, right? You kind of have two options. You can either blame myself or blame Leslie, which I'm not looking down on. I've been in that space and place before as well. Or you could reflect it and go inside. And why am I, why am I being triggered by that word? Because that, as Leslie mentioned, at the end of the day, <laughs> words and language are a lot more powerful than we think. And we're in control of whether they impact us or not. My friend, I want to, before you took on that title, a big part of your label is being a powerful genius, a holistic health genius. And I'm interested in wondering, hearing a little bit more about your story, right? Where, how did you end up being this bright light in the holistic and natural community? And why did you walk down this path? I think it's a good question. And I think if you think about our purpose, why we're here in this life, some people can answer it and some people can't. And then some people can understand past life regression and understanding their multiple lives before. And I think a lot of this is not from this life. I think a lot of my knowledge, I think a lot of, yeah, I went to school, I'm designated. Le I have Leslie, let me interrupt you. Yeah. How do you know that for people that might be new to the ancestral healing? How do you know that this is not part of, this is not a new thing? It would be absolutely impossible to have the knowledge that I have and the abilities that I have <laughs> to be within 38 years. And like, let's face it, when you're 11, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So um, I, that, I'm that's not sure modern. That's, that. that's not like a proud thing either. Like I just want to be be clear yeah, here for people listening. Leslie's not saying that from a oh I am I have all this and you don't. No, she's just yeah, being completely no. honest. Right? Yeah. So um, I know that you know I'm like sometimes I'd be like like did I put a book under my pillow because like I'm not the biggest reader. I don't dive deep into a lot of other people's works. And that's probably not a good thing. And it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's a Leslie thing. So if I'm going to be engaged by something, I have to really be engaged by something. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't already know or can't teach what's already inside those books. You know what I mean? So um, I, I think intuitively, I always had like these hits and these signs from when I was really young. I mean, I chose to go plant-based when I was 12, not because it was cool. It definitely, I'm 38. So if you do the math, that was a long time ago, vegan and plant-based, that shit wasn't cool. Like there was nothing on the market. It wasn't, my mom's like, cool, figure it out. I'm like, all right, I'll figure it out. You know, things like chemicals always bothered me. 
uh, air fresheners bothered me. I fucking hated toothpaste, like toothpaste. I would struggle to use toothpaste, like all of those things. So all of those things kind of led up to things. And then when I was 15, a doctor tried to label me and give me my destination of PCOS and say, you're not going to have kids basically produce hormones like a man. Um, we'll just jack you up on a bunch of medication and it, it never, it just didn't feel right. It never felt right. And let me, let me pop in there, Leslie. I, uh, I think this part of your story, I've heard you say it before. And I think, you know, if you're a female, if you're a woman or if you're a male with a woman or a female in your life, I, I think there's a really high percentage that you have been through that same journey in some, in some form, right? The, I just had, I just had Kim, the vagina coach on Leslie. I'm, I'm sure, I think you know who she is. And, uh, we were talking about just the lack of education, the lack of understanding, the lack of space and nurturing and insight around the female reproductive center and the, and the, and the female womb and the vagina and all of it. And I think that is, it is such an under the shadow, under the radar systemic issue that most women are facing. And I think that's a big, and you can tell me if I'm wrong here, Leslie, but I think that's a big part of what allowed you to step into your power because of how many other people were in that sort of boat. Would you resonate with that? I mean, at 15, I didn't know what was coming, right? It was just the start of uh, a seed to be planted for me to kind of follow. And I kind of left that office and it happened to have been a male practitioner and I felt defeated. And then I was just like, hold on a second, like, no, I'm not going to do the things that they're telling me I need to do. I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. And lo and behold, I figured it out. I, I, I figured out diet. I figured out exercise. I figured out a lot of things. And then when I went to school, which came pretty late in my life in terms of flipping the switch of what I was doing and can I what ask I knew. You, can I ask I about that, Leslie? Can I yeah. ask about that? So you've spoken to that before too. And I think it's, I think it's really impactful for people to hear. What were you doing prior to the switch and what made you feel like you wanted to switch? Uh, I was in public relations and I, couldn't really give a shit about promoting other people's things and making people excited about other people's things. I wanted to be excited about my own things. And even in that space, I was like, maybe I could get like a national bank challenge, like a health challenge. And like these things were just coming. So I told my parents I was going back to school and they told me, good luck at a job. I was like, no, you're going to pay for me to go back to school. And I did. And I, I did so effortlessly. It was very and it's not an easy program, but for me, it was effortless. It was the first time I was in an academia that was seamless for me. Mm-hmm. It's not because I was stupid, but it was, I was never, I was never intrigued. I was never captivated by topics in school. So this came and I did it. I graduated Val Victoria and I graduated with some of the highest marks that the school's ever given out. And it was easy for me while other people like, had anxiety and sleepless nights for me. It was like, I barely had to study to get through this course, like barely. And going back to the ancestral past life element, you know, we know why, right? And yeah, sure. It's, we see, we seem to, we seem to think, and this is very, again, another important point here. We seem to think that anxiousness and lack of motivation is a sign of weakness or a sign that we just need to keep pushing hard versus 
the other side of that, when it, when it comes easy, when it comes, when it just flows and downloads and we align with it, we, we overlook the meaning behind that. I want to be, make this very clear for people listening. If you are picking up a skill and you're noticing that skill is quite easy for you to do and, it, and almost like you have some prior knowledge, I would highly encourage you to look down the past life ancestral route, right? Because that's not, that's not only going to validate some of the feelings and perspectives you might have, but it's going to push it a little bit further. Leslie. So we're at this point now where you are standing in your beautiful power and starting to do things that are more purposeful. This is where you sort of branch out into some areas. And, I, and these are the areas I want to speak to today that I know you have a lot of knowledge in. And I think the first place you hit on the plant-based eating, and we'll come back to that. But the first place I want to start is CBD. And I'm wondering where this factored in where this factored into this journey? Was this early on or is this also relatively new? Um, I smoked weed my whole life. I loved, <laughs> I loved marijuana for a long time. Um, and only recently have I given it up um, for over a year now. Um, but it actually like, it fell on my plate. It came from a request from my community. I was involved with um, educating people about essential oils, about terpenes um, prior. And then people started asking me like, where, who do you buy your CB from? I'm like, I have no idea what that is. And I emerged myself in it. And again, like a sponge I absorbed a ton of information. And I started teaching it. I had a, originally, I was working for uh, a company that was an affiliate. They weren't multi-level, but they were just affiliate. And I basically broke their sales um, platform. They didn't think anybody would come in and do what I did in, in like very short amount of time. So <clears throat> I was earning, I started earning really good money there. And I was like, I think I can do this by myself. And I think I could do this a lot better and more intentional um, and not make it just about the profit, but more about the education and, and the quality um, and the energy that goes into what became and, and the blend kind of came to be. I have a business partner and we've kind of built this over the last, I guess, almost five years, which is crazy. Um, into this wellness company. Yeah. It was, I mean, yeah. Yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you about, so right now in, in the U S Canada, I think has been at it for a little bit longer, but, uh, U S and, you know, even other parts of the world, CBDs, you know, to say that it's blowing up, I think it's a bit of an understatement. And I, sure. you know, as someone that's used your product, Leslie, but also used other products in the past, I, I see the value in it, especially from a, a nervous system, parasympathetic, sympathetic perspective of helping us. I think most of us are in a chronic fight or flight response these days, and that's causing a lot of our challenges. But I'm interested, Leslie, why when you started doing all that research and started diving deeply into it, other than your innate ability to sell good products and be a good marketer, why did you feel like this was an important sort of tool in your medicine bag? Well, one, I think everybody and their brother and their mother wanted to be part of an evolving industry. And two, most of them didn't care about what they were putting on the shelves. They were more after that one time, make a quick buck, get out kind of um, vibe. And some of them had a lot of money to do the marketing and they were very successful at it. That doesn't mean they had a retention of a customer. Um, so... 
I kind of wanted to do it opposite and retain my customers and show them that if you start with the right one, it might be a little bit more expensive, but it's going to do what cannabinoids are intended to do. And that's to interact with the endocannabinoid system and every single living species with a backbone has an endocannabinoid system and therefore should be interacting with cannabinoids and people are still not well they're not but people are still confused that cbd has to come from a marijuana plant or that there's psychoactivity involved in it and the endocannabinoid system is designed to bring the body into homeostasis is designed to bring it into balance people also under the misconception that it's just for pain well yeah it's mm-hmm. amazing for pain and inflammation and that's probably the first thing the body needs to do to balance is to reduce inflammation but you know hormones uh sleep anxiety um bone health brain health uh repair sleep. cellular mitochondria yeah all of that it's for all of that and you don't need a lot to stimulate and work with the endocannabinoid system, but what you do need is the terpenes. And, and mm-hmm. most companies don't do it because they're expensive. Mm-hmm. And but that's kind of like the Uber to the endocannabinoid system yeah. is 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 the is the terpenes and the drivers. So these are things that we focused on. It's kind of like at the moment, I think something I would equate it to, and maybe I can get your opinion on this, Leslie. I would equate it to the zinc conversation at the moment with using zinc as a driver into the cells with you know vitamin D with Cosetin and the COVID. Yeah, everything has a cofactor. Yeah. Yeah. I am um, one of the elements I really, you know, when I started connecting with you and learning about some of the products that you make, this one in particular, the CBD, one of the immediate elements that I really respected and was drawn to was the fact that it's organic, <laughs> organically sourced. And I've spoken about this in the podcast already with Lindsay and a couple other guests, but I'm wondering if you can, in your opinion, Leslie, why do you feel organic labeling, especially with CBD products and the marijuana plant and just getting the CBD element from them? Why is it important that the organic growth is part of a product like yours? Well, you can grow anything in shit or you can grow it in gold. Like it's like, it's, What's wrong, Maya? It's it's a, it's the same thing. Like why why grow? Listen, I don't cert we don't certify our stuff, but we work with small farmers and we work where we've tested the soil um, because that's more important to me than putting a USDS label, which means fuck in a bucket. If you ask me, it doesn't mean anything. So it's how you grow things, you know. And what's the craft? You know, what's the attention to the craft of the soil? Like. These people are passionate about what they do. You know, Maya's like moaning over there. Maya, the, Maya yeah. is Leslie's beautiful little dog. You might hear her in the background. It's yeah, my voice, Leslie. Like, it's my voice. She's, she's like whining. <laughs> do you hear her? I do. Yeah, I, can hear. Oh, okay. I can hear. So, yeah. So it's all about, it's where everything starts, right? Yeah. If you yeah. grow a baby in a healthy home, it's going to be a healthier baby. If you grow uh, yeah. a baby in a, in a home that's super toxic and, um, not healthy, that baby's going to react. If the mom's a crack addict, the baby's going to be addicted to crack. It's the same. Yep. 100%. It's the same thing. Yeah. If you, if you have a, if you have a plant in a pot that is growing incorrectly, do you look at the pet plant or do you look at the soil that the plant is growing in? We're the same either with the food that we eat, the CBD that we ingest or us as a being. And, you know, going back to the concentration and the impact, if you're looking for a 
a more pa- just from a just from a, a, a efficacy and an efficiency perspective you want the product to be organic because it's going to have more of its natural constituents in it just because of the soil that it's growing in the other element that you hit on leslie that i want to make sure people heard the, or, the organic labeling the certifications and this i'm yet to find this as a as a challenge in australia but it is definitely a challenge in the us right there are certifications that are legit, but there are also many certifications that are not. And your Australia job, actually, Australia yeah. actually has a very good standard yes. for testing. Yeah, yeah, but um, many countries do not. So if you're listening, I would, you know, your role as the consumer is to look into this, right? And don't just like you would any label, don't trust it because you think that the company has their best interests, your best interests in mind. Yeah, because they um, usually don't. But yeah, we do. no. yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, I want to switch here, Leslie, here to another topic that I know you're passionate about. More of a sort of because you live it, and like I said at the start of the conversation, something you're going through right now. And the topic is poo and detoxification. <laughs> one of uh, <laughs> love me well, some good shit. Uh, yeah, one of the incentives for me to do this podcast was actually, you know, your. I'm going to plug your podcast here, Leslie, the holistic bitches unfiltered. And you actually did a really good episode. All of them are really powerful, but the one episode about the castor oil pack, I'd recommend listeners. I'll probably, I'll put it in the show notes to go listen to her breakdown of how castor oil sort of impacts your detoxification pathways. But I'm interested, Leslie, why do you think this conversation either with poo or detox in general is so often either not talked about enough or not talked about in the right way? It's the miscombodulations around it is that people don't understand how the body works, right? They think, oh, I have a liver and that's its point. It detoxes. I don't have to do anything to detox. Well, if you are living in a toxic environment, if you're living amongst mold, if you're living using all kinds of shit on your skin, in your hair, on your body, if you are eating like a garbage truck, if you are drinking bad water, eventually there's a capacity at which things start to not work. And the other thing is, is people don't understand again, how the digestive system really works and how it's supposed to operate. And some people think going to the bathroom once in a while is okay. They don't, they don't realize that bowels are intended to move two to three times a day, just like when you have a baby. A day. I want to make sure people a heard day. that. A day. A day. It's like you feed a baby, it shits, it sleeps, feed it. It's repeat, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how it's intended to be. Unfortunately, people start to ruin their digestive system from baby, from yeah. starting with feeding a child cereals and grains far before the digestive tract is formed. The, the human digestive tract is not fully formed till the age of one. Yeah. Therefore, it is really dependent on breast milk if, if you can, and certain fats and sugars, that's it. It's not meant for carbohydrates. It's not meant for cereal, but that's what people give their kids right away. So, um, people don't understand that. So literally the majority of the population is full of shit and they don't, and then they want to know why do I have anxiety? Why am I depressed? Why this, this, and this. And I get, yes, you know, your, your point to the energetic component, but again, yeah. why are they storing it? Why are they yeah. holding on to it? Where's the fear? Where's the, what's yeah. going on that it's, um, all of it. it's all of it. So I think people are like, 
weirded out by it or like if I'm like oh my god like my clients send me pictures of their poop and I see worms in it they're like that's disgusting I'm like yeah. it's worse that it's living inside of you yeah. like what well, uh, so yeah. a couple a couple things here so first of all what we are not eliminating we're storing so that's sort of the first place I go with this if we are not that two to three bowel movements a day if that's not happening then it's not like there's something in your stomach and it's just vanishing or you're consuming food. And if you are in that, that sort of backed up state, the food that you are consuming, like you're saying, the unorganic processed grains, the processed dairy, the processed oils, the processed sugar, these are the things that are sort of building up, but they're not building up by themselves. Right. Would the, yeah. And they ferment and they rot inside and the, the human colon yep. can literally store 20 to 30 pounds yep. of fecal matter stuck to your gut. Yeah. And, and then going back to the worm piece in nature, what usually comes when you leave some shit out there for a while, that's not being cleared, yeah. right? It's the fungal and it the parasite elements. Petrified. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They love that. And that's the best house for them. And the, the more you feed them, they party. Continuing with the poo element. One of the things that you and I have in common, Leslie, is our, our, habit our hobby our interest in surveying our bowel movements morning afternoon and night i'm wondering if you could share why this is so important for people on this poo conversation i mean listen your your poo tells you a lot about about yourself right so um basically you want sinkers so you definitely want them to sink if they're floating um it's usually because there's too much fat that's not being um, absorbed. So it's going to, you know, oil and water, that whole thing don't mix. Um, and you kind of want like, you know, one, two pieces that kind of S shape yep, is like the most, that's the most Picasso, but like, you know, a two three pieces is good. You don't want like rabbit pebbles. You don't want no. obviously a very soft, soft stool. You don't want a very hard stool either. And the color is going to definitely, the color is definitely going to vary based on what you eat, but the more fiber, the more it's going to sink. You know, if you see a bit of mucus in mucus is not fat, there's a difference. This is healthy. That's part of like healthy digestion. So it's actually not too bad to see that from time to time. Um, And, and then just the different modalities to keep the, the, the colon working, moving yeah let me get to that in a second leslie i want to jump to that after this but just to add to that you know that that habit so looking for those characteristics really starting to have an understanding of what is coming out of you but put this image in your head as you're listening before we had all these beautiful diagnostic tools and doctors and 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 places to go to get tests and studies how do you think a practitioner would help you understand what is happening on in your internal terrain, right? They'd be looking at what is coming out of your system or more importantly, what is not coming out of your system. So step into that power. I know one of the reasons that I really enjoy this, this uh, habit in the mornings is because it empowers you, right? It gives you back the power that sometimes we can give away to an external person, right? No matter how sort of knowledgeable, insightful they may be. I want to, so you are just hitting on different modalities here to help us with not just and that. Before you say that for the people who depend on coffee to have a bowel movement, yes. bad news bears, have your poop first, then your coffee, if you're going to yeah. keep it, but 
most people depend on an intrinsic factor to release their bowels. Yeah. And coffee, caffeine is an intrinsic factor. And with the coffee, we're moving it can say a lot, right? So as you, if you're listening to Leslie and you're, you're taking that tip to heart, look at how you feel when you do remove it. So yes, not having a bowel movement would be a good uh, thing to look out for, but how energetically and emotionally depleted or un, unbalanced are you when you remove that coffee? Sometimes what coffee does also on top of the detoxification is it masks things that want to come up. So yeah, it's also not, so loaded with mold and pesticides. Most and of that's them, right? Like the biggest, yeah. the biggest problem, which creates higher acidity levels. So, yeah. never had a cup of coffee orally in my life. That's the that's the what is it? You get the crosses, the the, the crosses on top of your straight edge, straight edge with coffee. I want, and I want a gold star. Want <laughs> to with that, Leslie? Chat a little bit about. You know, give more value to people listening ways that we can get that detoxification system pumping. I know well, the first thing is yeah. opening the channels of elimination. <laughs> how, do, how do we do that? How do we do that? Listen. So I, th- I think proper hydration is the easiest and the first step. That's number one. Um, you know, drinking enough water daily um, dehydration can fix a lot of things. <laughs> so I think that's, I think that's the first thing. I definitely think people just generally don't consume enough fruits and vegetables for really good fiber. Um, I think constipating foods like dairy and eggs, I find, well, they could go both ways, but generally dairy creates impact in the wrong way, like impact, like literally shit impact. So I think that's good. I think a castor oil pack is amazing because it, it puts the body into that parasympathetic state, which is generally when you're going to take a shit is when the body's essentially like Relaxed. taking a poop shouldn't be stressful, <laughs> yeah. you know? And if it is, and it's because it, you have hemorrhoids, it's because you're still things aren't right. So wearing a casserole pack specifically over the liver, which is the upper right quadrant um, allows the muscles there as well and the colon to really work. It helps to break down the biofilm and and get to the microbiome. Yeah. Um, It reduces inflammation. Um, It balances hormones. So all of that kinds of plays a role. And like generally people who start wearing casserole packs specifically for constipation generally start to see that over, you know, not too long that it starts to really wake up and, and the bowels start to move. And it's the best crap of your life. I will just say with the castor oil and you, you promote this, Leslie. And again, I would recommend people listening. If you want to go deeper into the castor oil conversation specifically, Leslie has a really good episode on it, on her podcast. But one of the things that they talked about that I, I promote when I, when people ask me about this is really making sure that the oil is quality, right? The materials yeah. is quality because one of the things that, blocks us up is the actual, those shitty oils themselves, right? So not just the dairy, not just the grains, but those refined oils. So when you're looking for the cast oil, make sure it's the good quality oil, right? There's difference. That you, that you definitely want to know that it's organic and it's not from the wrong castor bean and stuff for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) these nuances, right? We overlook the other powerful modality that we both share in here, Leslie, that Again, I think people overlook within their, not just their D 
detox regimen, but their health and wellness journey overall is the powerful idea of sweating more specifically in an infrared sauna. So tell me minerals. Yes. Combining them together. Tell me a bit about this. So I think minerals are important specifically. Obviously I love magnesium. I think that's like the magic mineral. I mean, they're all magical, but magnesium has a huge role and that's one of the things that it's really good for. And unfortunately too many people use citrate and citrate blows out the bowels. That's what it does. Um, same with things in like ascorbic <laughs> in a bad, yeah, in a bad way, it interferes with detoxification path, pathways, bad news bears. But so, so minerals are definitely super important. Uh, that's why I love the fulvic and the humic. I love, um, you know, the magnesium. I like all the things that I sell in my stores because I wanted them selfishly first for myself. <laughs> like, that's, and, and then to share important. with everybody. That's important, yeah. Leslie, because often, you know, us as consumers, and I'm a consumer too, as much as, and Leslie's a consumer as much as she is a product maker. I think us as consumers, that's what we want to look for. We want to look for someone that, you know, isn't just making products to sell money. Mm-hmm. They're making products because they're abundant beings and because they value and they see the need for the thing that is they're selling, right? Yeah. So that's the mineral piece, the sweating piece. I mean, listen, I got into infrared saunas probably like, maybe like four years ago now, like as a regular practice. And I was in a, um, a blanket, like a, a infrared blanket, and we can share in the notes, all of these links. Um, and I used it for two years straight and I loved it. I love the way it made me feel, but what's important in that is listen, this opens up your pores. So yeah. you have a way to release. Um, it wakes up the lymphatic system, which wakes up circulation and the circulation's working. Your bowels are going to generally just start to, want to work a little bit better and also um parasites and stuff they don't like heat yeah right and it and an infrared sauna specifically it heats you from within i mean i like to jack mine up first and get it really hot before i go into it but the real benefit is that it heats you from the inside so i have that as daily practice right now it's on hold because I got a little vertigo from yeah. friggin' parasite so it's cleansing. Funny, it's funny that you said that, <laughs> Leslie. That's all I was thinking yeah. as soon as you were sharing this. So one, I hope that's giving some value to people leaning into the yeah. sauna. But you know, as I said at the start of the as I said at the start of the episode, Leslie's moving through a cleanse right now. And yes, as she's saying, what the sauna can do, it can help us move through, bring up and out the parasite or the fungal element, but if we're moving through, if it's happening, if we're in it and we need to be mindful, it could exacerbate it, right? Some of the symptoms that you're experiencing, right? So, yeah. So as I'm moving through, I really wanted to commit to, like I put so many of my clients through the parasite and the detox and all those things. And for so long, I took really good care of myself until I didn't want to take care of myself for a little bit. And I was like, okay, well, like now's a really good time to, to do it. And our friend, my sister, Taggy, she, Dr. Taggy tested me and she's like, you have parasites. And I'm like, well, we all have parasites, you know? So as I'm going through this and it's interesting because the herbs that I'm using are the same herbs that I use, you know, with my clients, they come from a trusted source, yada, yada, yada. However, the bowel move, the, the bowel herbs were not doing what they were supposed to do. They weren't, it's not that they weren't strong enough. I just think there's a lot less shit impacted in me because of what I do on, you know, enemas and this and that. So I think what was happening was I do have parasites and I think they were coming out or starting to, 
but the eliminate the eliminator wasn't strong enough for yes. me. So tonight I have a new one, which I'm excited to use. But anyways, I got vertigo, but I just I don't think the vertigo is just phys- a physical thing. I think no. it's a very energetic thing yes. of me being completely out of balance. And like literally if you're you're energy vortexes are supposed to go one way mine are going every fucking which way the wrong way now today i feel a bit more balanced bringing in you know modalities that i was using but yes let me pause you there so there's a couple things here i want to break down so first of all just going back to the fungal and the parasitical element and taking it slowly in stages right i really want to make sure people hear that Right, a deep do that guided with someone. Yes, yes, that's what I'm doing. Don't buy on. a tea on the shelf no. and just nope. detox because if your channels <laughs> of elimination yes. aren't open, you're fucked. And yep. you can get really sick. You could fuck with yep. your blood pressure. You could really you it's you know, people it's funny that C B D has to be, you know, monitored on the shelves, but people put out these detox teas and all these things, and people buy it because of the marketing, and it's just bad. Yeah. And the other reason that you want to do it with someone other than them telling you what's happening and helping you through it is that we can feel if you're doing this by yourself and you get to that point where maybe you were yesterday, Leslie, you could very easily give up, right? And you could feel like, oh, yeah. I'm just, I'm horrible at this. I'm not meant to cleanse. I'm not meant to do this. So I'm just going to go back to what I was doing. And yeah. it's not, it's not about that. It's about leaning into it, right? Moving through the pain teacher with as much support, much love, much guidance as you can. So you can get to the other side of it, right? It's yeah. healing, healing and health is not a stable homeostasis of pure love and joy all the time. And right? it's not linear. No, it's not. And you can be healthy in a state of challenge. You can be healthy in a state of disease, in my opinion. hundred percent. Let's. I want to hit on the one element with the sauna here, and then I want to shift okay. to the energetics because you were just hitting on that. The other powerful element of the, of a sauna therapy as a detox sort of uh, practice that we implement throughout the day is also something you talked about at the start and it's mitochondrial health. This is something that we're, as a society, we're systemically overlooking, in my opinion. We're not, we're not looking, crazy. yes, we're not looking at the power of our cells. And a Which sauna is- therapy- when you take when you take care of your cells, you take care of your health. So yeah. it's the first place we should go. Go yeah. on. And I was just going to say the sauna is a way to do that. That 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 hormesis, that healthy stress that we get from a sauna, that we get from fasting, that we get from exercise, that supports healthy mitochondrial health. So if you're not going to do it for the detoxing, do it for that. <laughs> yeah, and also people to be mindful as well. You know, if somebody is has really burnt out adrenals and if somebody has a lot of mold or something going on again do this guided so that you don't make yourself more sick yeah yep so leslie i want to switch to another topic now and this is we've hit on it a couple times already in this chat but i want to go a bit deeper and it's the idea of having a plant-based lifestyle but more specifically, what, how a plant-based lifestyle can support intuitive energetic connection. And I just want to share a little story here with you and with people listening. One of the first interactions we had on Clubhouse was in a room where you were doing intuitive hits and card pulls. And up to that point in time, you know, my intuitive sense has always been expanding and building in many ways, but I was still relatively fresh in sort of letting it in. 
And the way that you sort of hold yourself, right, your intuitive laser or taser that you like to call it is quite active all the time. And in my opinion, this is what I want to get your thoughts on. I think a big part of that is due to the plant-based lifestyle that you're living on. I'm wondering what your opinion is, what, how these things connect in your mind, if they connect and what your, what your thoughts are. So listen, I think there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything. And I think you can do plant-based really, really well. And I think you can do really, really toxic. I think if you're going to do it really, really toxic and you're doing it because you're shifting or whatever, and it's just a starting point, fine. But if that's going to turn into a lifestyle, it's extremely damaging. And I, I've lived it. I've done it to myself where I've done the damaging plant lifestyle. Um, when you do it in a, in a good way, it's extremely healing. And I think there's many ideas. There's every diet in the book. For me, I think plants heal. And I, I think I don't think anyone could argue that. Well, actually, people could, and they do. Um, I think plants are healing. I don't think when people are like, well, you know, there's different diets for everybody. Yeah, I understand that. But there's nobody that doesn't thrive off of fruit. There's nobody that doesn't thrive off of vegetables. That's just like crazy talk. Um, and again, staying away from the oils and like, I don't think a diet high in grains is a really healthy diet. I don't yeah. think oatmeal every morning for breakfast is a good idea. I think there's other things you can do um, to be innovative with food. Um, and I think that, I think that when you have very live, you have to think about it. Like fruits and vegetables are thriving live food, which there's energy to that. So if you are, lucky enough that your, your stuff doesn't have to travel 3000 miles to get to your plate. You're putting high vibration energies into your body. So energy in it radiate, like we, it radiates from the inside out. So when you put that in, it radiates, radiates out. So for someone who tells me, you know, meat, you know, chicken, I mean, that's dead. It's dead energy. And and I'm not saying do or don't, but bone broth, for instance, makes absolutely no sense to me. Why? You're, you're boiling bones. That's where animals store fear. That's where animals store disease. And that is where I just don't get that. So for me, it was, again, it was an intuitive thing. I loved it. And I think when you're very clean inside, your energy flows better and um, your vortexes spin the right way. And that allows clear, like energy moves more, more abundantly so you can tap into things. Yeah. Let me just continue from there. And I do, I think there's two sides to this. And one, I, at the end of the day, I think what everything is made out of is energy, right? And energy can always be transformed into something else. So for example, if there is a chicken or a cow or a pig or whatever you decide to consume that is inside a dark, cold, fearful, scary place where the intention of that animal is to be butchered and killed and to be only commercially available in such a, you know, a horrible manner, the energy and the intention behind that is obviously creating something that's destructive versus if you have a beautiful you know, chicken that has grown up in your backyard 
feeding on the things it's supposed to be fed on, having a life of joy and happiness. And then when you decide to consume the egg that it produces, something that I practice every day is set the intention and a prayer around the food that I eat. So now I'm even transmuting that energy into something more. So what I'm trying to get at here, and maybe we can take this a step deeper here, Leslie, there is a reason that you, when you go to traditional places around the world, such as like the Parsana retreats or medicine ceremonies with, with plants, there's a reason that we do energetically diet or cleanse, right? And this goes to your point. It's because even if the animal product is treated in the best way possible, from an energetic perspective, when we remove the animal product, there is a lightness that occurs. There is something that I don't know what it is. I don't profess to be an expert in this, but there is something that a space is open when we clear. This is why when we fast, for example, I know you've experienced this, Leslie, we can also tune into more of our intuitive gifts. So right. I'm wondering your perspective on this, anything that bubbles up. I still don't think I feel like an animal knows when it's going to die. Like it just, their spirits, their souls. So I feel like, and again, when I chose to be plant-based, it wasn't, I still wear leather. Like I'm not vegan. I'm plant, I live a plant-based lifestyle. It's different. Not that that makes it better or worse because for sure that still carries energy. However, I still believe that those animals, whether you're a farmer, they know they're going to die. Like they, I just, I believe that. I believe that they're, they, there's fear around that. Like even, even in the Jewish religion, they use the kosher, which is the kosher. And part of the kosher laws is to slit the throat in a way that it's supposed to be painless. Yeah. How the fuck do you slit a throat and it be painless? Like you, even on your way out, you're still, they still feel that. Well, let me, so let me play devil's advocate here, Leslie, because I'm sure you've maybe heard this response to that. The, the animals still know. What would you say to someone that says that plants are aware, are conscious of the intent that you have? So let's say, so for example, I have two little plant pots in my, my little home here that I speak to, that I connect into that, you know, then there are studies now showing that. That's intention. transmitting energy. That's okay. transmitting energy. There's no heartbeat. There are no organs. Mm. There's no brain per se. There is still plasma, which is considered to be blood. But I don't think, I don't think you can have, I don't think that's an argument. I don't, it's not, it's, it is a living live organism, but it's not a mammal. It's not an animal. It's animals actually need plants to survive. It's there a lot of animals. That's their food if fed right. Um, and I just, it, it's, there's no, there's, a, it doesn't have a soul. I don't, I don't believe that a plant has a soul. Mm. End of story. <laughs> Thank you for going deeper. Thank you for going deeper with me, Leslie. And you know, the point of this, I think within the holistic conversation, I actually, I think diet is the most polarizing, the, the nutritional elements. And the point here that I'm sort of, sort of coming at, trying to make and come across with within this conversation at large is we need to be able to have these conversations. <laughs> if we can't have these conversations, sure. if we can't from a place of love, 
have two different perspectives where we combine together to test our belief systems and how do we grow as people, right? How do we expand 100%. as individuals? So 100%. And, and, and you look at, you look at like, for instance, like the Hope for Cancer Center, okay? You go in there, they turn you into plant-based. However, once you leave and you heal, they start to allow things like eggs and certain things back into the diet fish, I think, which to me is just like, I don't, I don't really understand that. I believe there's not one nutrient in the world that you cannot obtain from a plant-based lifestyle. People will be like, where's the protein? Where? Like that's a whole other podcast, you know, where's the, this and the, that. I don't think you can argue that when it comes to health and healing. And if so, why do they choose to go to that diet? And they're one of the most renowned centers for cancer healing. I'm already predicting Leslie in the future. I might do this. I might Joe Rogan style. I've always wanted to bring on two people that have perspectives and host a discussion between two different people. Like we sort of do on clubhouse for people to get the most value out of right? because it's you know really would be good. Hey, Donnie, do you know, do you know Donnie? Uh, I haven't connected with him. I'll check him okay, out we'll though. He's cool. I want to, uh, I want to shift here a bit, Leslie, to another topic that within this sort of holistic conversation, you know, we've talked about the CBD, we've talked about the detox, we've talked about the plants and I want to go deeper now because this is sort of how I roll. I want to go deeper into emotional healing. And the reason I want to go into it with you is, and maybe you can correct me on this if I'm wrong here, but I've noticed you as the practitioner, you are really expanding more and more into this from in the work that you do. And you've probably done, been doing it for a while, but my question for you, I would love to hear your perspective on why you think the emotional side of healing is so powerful, especially if you're working with a holistic practitioner. I think a holistic practitioner that doesn't dive into that is a shitty practitioner. <laughs> End Full of stop. story. Full stop. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, you know, obviously my awareness to it is different, you know, since being in clubhouse sharing space with yourself and other people, it's, it's different, but I've always been able to ask a client, especially working in digestive health, you know, what trauma happened before this? What really like before you died, did somebody die? Was there a traumatic event? Was what happened? And there's never been somebody who said nothing. Like there's no way. Every single disease, I believe, has an energetic and an emotional connection to it. Everything. And I think that's part when you're doing holistic, it's mind, body, and soul. And I think you actually have to do the mind first. Realistically, you could you could tame down symptoms for people, um, but that not just mindset, but that work that is at the root of healing is, I believe, the emotional side. In my experience, I know I've shared this with you and even the listeners tuning in, you might have understood, you understand this side of me already. In my experience, it's often the foundation in which the physical symptoms are manifesting from. And don't get me wrong with my words here doesn't mean we need to overlook and ignore the physical. I think this should be a part of a protocol. As I always say, this is an and conversation, not an or conversation, but we need to be willing to go deeper, to feel the feels, right? We need to go deeper to move through those 
maybe traumatic experiences that come up, need to come up and out, need to be integrated. Leslie, what in your experience have you noticed some of the areas of most need of attention when it comes to trauma, emotional healing, how it connects to our, you know, moving through pain? I think it's pretty straightforward. I think every single human being has trauma and every single human being has pain. I think there's very common like stories amongst a lot of humans, whether it comes from the abandonment of either parent, um, the death of a parent, um, the abuse of a parent, uh, the neglect. Yeah. All of it. The, the neglect, you know, people don't write TV stories and movies because they're fucking creative. It's because they're based on, usually there's something there that they're, they're, they're writing or trying to tell through. Um, and I think, you know, the, like the common things, you know, you see thyroid. Okay. Right. You know, we have this conversation a lot and, you know, I always have said that like the thyroid, there's a reason why Synthroid is the number one prescribed medication. And it's not, yes, people have shitty habits, a hundred percent. And women specifically have a very difficult time expressing themselves. So do men, but it shows up differently. Um, so, you know, there's that, I think there's, there's, you know, when it comes to the female hormones and stuff, it's a lot of the time, the father wound, it's, it's, it's the neglect, it's the self-worth, it's the self-love, it's the abandonment. I think that all houses in the ability to not feel worthy enough to reproduce. And that's the reproductive area. I think a lot of the stuff in the men is the, you know, the liver and the heart. Pause there for a second, Leslie. I want to make that connection for people between the throat and the, and the reproductive centers. One of the biggest one of the biggest connections I've experienced, you know, working with people, again, I, I spend a lot of time talking about the inner child and the chakras, the, the link between the throat and the sacral is the inner child, right? The, the inner child, you know, those abuse elements that you just talked about, often they occur in childhood around the throat and the space in the body that the inner child likes to live is in the sacral reproductive center. So if you're listening and you're saying, Oh, this is me, this is me, this is me. That's why, right. It's because those two centers are so intrinsically connected at an energetic and emotional level within the body. Keep, keep going with the male symptoms you're talking about. So, you know, and it was interesting because, you know, I'd asked, I remember asking this specifically in a room and Dr. Taggy piped up about it, but it, it was more of not that I didn't know, but a more of a moment of being reassured that the men are more in the liver and in the heart. They hold their fear and their anger and their disappointment in those areas. And that's why we see more men with heart attacks. We see more men with liver disease and corrosive livers. I mean, fatty liver goes across the board, probably both ways. Um, but then you also look at diabetes. Yes, we know there's a food issue, but we know that, you know, the, the missing out on the good parts of life, or as Dr. Taggy would say, the sweetness in life, you know, can you give, so, me, can you give me your best Dr. Taggy impression? Oh my God. No, she was <laughs> <laughs> but why? That's it. Um, that, that would be Dr. Taggy. But um, so when you start to break it down, And I think this is actually a very good way for a practitioner to earn trust with the client is by 
letting them know that they know that that's there. And that comes into being intuitive and understanding and knowing. But the moment you peel back that layer and they're like, holy fuck, they know. Yes. It builds a sort of trust. And I think that's why it's important that you start there. That is not to say or to mitigate or to completely negate the food you eat, yes. the water you it's drink. An, it's an all end. Of that. It's an end conversation. Right? They so go let, together because it's holistic. So, Leslie, yes. let me backtrack a bit. So you you said you're spot on with the, the male element, with the anger and the heart. And a big element with that that I want to make sure people hear. So it's the anger, it's the fear, but it's also the grief, right? And, and how we talked about the, the thyroid being the space of mostly women, right? Women not being able to express their voice, express their truth. What is another, and that's a sort of societal belief structure that's projected onto, onto women. There's a societal belief structure projected onto men. And what is that? That men should not cry, that men should not show their emotions, that men should not express their grief, express how they're feeling. What is the space and place that's going to show that? It's going to be in that heart center. So that's a super big component. If you're a beautiful man listening to this conversation today, and you are having physiological challenges in that chest and heart, I would highly encourage you to find that practitioner, as Leslie said, that you feel safe, supported, and secure with to be able to speak and express because that's, that's healing in itself. And think about a man's desire to eat meat, raw, spicy foods, heavy foods. This, this plays into the whole emotional Thing. I mean, I'm sure there's women who love a bleeding state, but I think you may find the odds of a man wanting that a little bit more aggressively than, than a female. And I, I could be wrong and you might make me eat my words, but the way people choose and tune into food without recognizing it, certain foods, says a lot about somebody as well. Well, I 100% agree. I think we've talked about this in the past in regards to addictions, food addictions, right? A a craving, let's use, let's use sugar as a, as an example. Do you actually crave the sugar? And um, yes, we could talk about a fungal and a parasite imbalance, but let's just keep it for an emotional level here. Mm. Are you actually craving the sugar because that's what you need? Or are you craving the sugar to fill a hole that you're trying to, that you actually want to just express and fill yourself. Right. So forget about it just being sugar, food in general, the yes. food that gives that dopamine hit, that yeah. gives that the say brings the serotonin and the tryptophan and all your neurotransmitters to be like, oh, that's exactly what I needed. Or to the, you know, people who binge eat and to the people who, you know, eat till they're so full, you know, because that's comfort, right? So it's a it's a lack of and it's a void and it's filling something. So yeah. whether it's drugs, sex, food, whatever it is. People just don't realize how harmful, you know, food is. I mean, it might be the lesser of the evil from heroin in a hamburger or French fries, but it's, you know, it catches up. It might take longer, but it catches up. I want to share a quick little story here to highlight this. And it happened in a space that you created a couple of weeks ago. If you are not following Miss Leslie on Clubhouse, she has one of the most powerful, insightful communities I've found for holistic and natural healing. It's called the Holistic Bitches Club. So tap in, follow, join. You'll see us there weekly. 
And in that club a couple of weeks ago, you had a, a lady come up and she was talking about how she lost her daughter. And since losing her daughter, she gained weight. She gained a lot of weight. She gains a lot of extra pounds. And we were tuning in, trying to support and help her. And I asked her, I was trying to make this connection for her between the food and the emotional element. And I asked her if she could explain in one word how she felt, how she overall felt about losing her daughter. And what do you think she she replied? Did she say empty? empty? She said empty. She said empty. And it's just like a goosebumps when I share that. It it just highlights highlights it beautifully. What Leslie and I are saying here is you need to take it to this deep energetic and emotional level, because if you're not, you're overlooking something, (laughs) you're Mm -hmm. missing the story. And it's, it's often, like I said, I think today in your room, we were saying the signs and everything are right there. Yeah. Like it's, it's all right there. You know, it's whether we want to listen to them and they're going to keep coming back, you know, over and over and over again until we finally get it, accept it, utilize it, and work through it. Great. We have to be, we have to be willing to listen. Leslie, I have a, two more questions for you before we finish. And I want to hit on this before we leave. And I want to, I'm going to combine two questions here because I, I think this is a big part of who you are as a person. And I also just want to know, I want to know, have your insight around a projection to the future. So I want to ask, you know, at the date that we're recording this, there's a lot of stuff happening in the world, right? Yeah. From getting out of COVID, from the Ukraine and just everything that's happening. And I'm wondering, as you project looking into the future, so two things. One, where do you see being a sort of holistic and natural practitioner? Where do you see that as a sort of helpful role in taking us as a collective? And two, where do you factor community into this? Where do you factor, you know, you look at Clubhouse, for example, and Facebook and Instagram, you have quite the following, you have quite the family and tribe around you. So Looking to the future, where do you see the holistic natural lens fitting in and where do you see the community fitting in? So I'm going to do it backwards. So the community, um, for me, I built a community in order to share this and there was a response. Then, this was in 2000, in 2016. no before that like 2014 2015 somebody gave me the nudge and they're like why aren't you doing this you know I was like you're right um and the community quickly evolved very fast for me like 50,000 people came very quickly to my Facebook and it's because they have been let down by the medical system And I think as this pandemic and so forth comes forward is they were done seeking answers from a medical system that wasn't helping them. They weren't, they weren't doing what their oath was to heal people and people started to see that. And there's a lot more, right? Social media brings up a whole new stage, a whole new platform. It allows, well, it did for a bit uncensored, you know, stuff (laughs) became very centered. So I think, it is, first of all, this is the form of healing that's been around the longest. Yes, there's innovation, there's technology, there's amazing medical devices. People can't walk and apparatuses and, you know, like people lose a limb and they can have a prostate. All of that stuff in medical technology is amazing. Medicine, 
is always coming from a plant. That's where, that's where it's coming from. So I think that the evolution, it's not an evolution. It's just history kind of spinning on its axis is that more people are looking for answers answers that no one can find. And I think what we're going to see is a very feared population took a experiment based on mass fear psychosis. And over the next five to 10 years, I think we're going to see a mass increase of fucking things we don't know. We don't know what they are. We've never seen these cancers. We've never seen these autoimmune diseases, but we're going to see them and it's going to come down to the first principle of healing is opening the channels of elimination. And a doctor won't do that. Let me jump in here because I'm passionate about this. So no matter where you, you, if you're listening to this, no matter where you land on the, I know this is a controversial topic at the moment, no matter where you land on the, the vaccine conversation, the COVID conversation, we cannot deny that there are some things going on in regards to people having reactions, right? There are people having reactions to vaccines in general, especially the COVID one. This It's not conjecture, this, it's a thing. Where the, the numbers, I think that's the thing we could argue about. However, what I want to just say here is that we're only talking about short-term reactions as of now, right? And we have no idea projecting into the future of what's going to happen from taking these things, whether they happen or not. But the important thing to realize, and this is what Leslie is saying, we need the support, the tribe and the conversation to be had for when it, if it does happen, because if it's, if it doesn't, if it's not there, then what do we do? Right. Tell me, Leslie, about the the tribe element before we finish tell me why you I think, think that's, it's it's support yeah it's 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 your cheerleaders it's people yeah. who are you know one curious two been in it for a long time or three yeah. going through it and those are your testimonies those are your forget about a medical journal these are real experiences that will never get into a medical journal these are and, and it's that I think if if the only good thing that came from this whole pandemic is a lot, I think a lot more people woke up. I think a lot more people standing in their power too, right? Yeah, and they understand. And even you know, even if they took the shot, and then they're like, "Oh shit!" Like now, you know, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. So it, I think, I think communities, everything, no matter what, whether it's religion, whether it's uh, 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 sorority or whatever it is, it's it's people that are generally not necessarily always aligned, but understanding of that specific space, you know, and they all feel the same things: being censored, being shut down, um, making things. It, it's not easy to do a lot of the things that a lot of these practitioners want to do. And I've said it before on the podcast: we are powerful spiritual beings, but we're also human animals and how that human animal has evolved through the thousands of years that we've been on this planet is we've evolved in tribes. We've evolved in families and communities that only till very recently we've been separated from right in our sort of industrial way of living. So if anything, you know, whether you reach out to myself or Leslie on clubhouse to join our clubs, our communities, do it for that. Right. Leslie, before we finish with our final question, I want to give you, I want to give you the space now as people have been listening to you from what we've been talking about CBD. We've been talking about the detox pathways, about food, about the emotional elements. If someone wants to learn more about you, if they want to 
hire you as a coach, a practitioner, if they want to buy some of your powerful products, what do they do? So the Holistic Health Genius on Facebook and on Instagram, um, the Holistic Bitches on Clubhouse, uh, the holistic health genius dot store for the store, um, or just reach out and spark a conversation. And I think one thing to, and my podcast, the holistic bitches unfiltered, um, with a new but, episode coming out very soon. Yeah. I think it's episode 20. Um, but I think there's distinctive leaders in this space of healing yourself being, one of them, but there there's leaders and we have to be mindful of who we take information from, especially in this space. Anybody can become a coach. It's different than being designated and not that letters make somebody more powerful or authoritative, but um, there's usually a bit of regulation. Um, so just be mindful of where you're taking your information from and be mindful of the person that's there to make a dollar and the person that's there to invest and make money at the same time. We all have to eat, live, you know, but um, be mindful of that. And I think before we go here, so I get to ask you a question. Okay. Well, let's, I want to hit, <laughs> hit me first before I get to my final one, okay. but just to add okay. to that, Leslie, cause it's beautiful what you said. And it's really why I appreciate you as a person, other than me just loving you very much. I think everyone listening to you can relate to this. You cut through the shit. Right. And that authenticity that you just talked about in terms of connecting to someone who can support us, that is from that space of truth. Right. So you yeah. do that really well, my friend. Hit me. Thank you. Hit, hit and, me with the question. And, and, and people are so afraid to invest in themselves. If something's expensive, go for it. Some of the best things I have in my realm of wellness are expensive. And I chose those things over other things like yeah. my sauna, like my water system, like my pots that I cook with, you know, the other people might think that's crazy. I think it's crazy that somebody goes to Starbucks every single day and buys stupid shit. But anyways, my question to you is why are you so enthralled with the energetic component of healing? Where, why, why, where did you come into that space? When I would say, so when I came into it, I think it's been a progressive, it's been a progressive shift. I think over the last two years has been specifically the shift into the energetic, emotional and spiritual side of things. So to give a date, probably the last two years, but I would say the impetus for that. And the reason why is I, as a, as a, coach as a practitioner, as someone who hosts this podcast, someone who does all the things I do in the world as an individual, I'm always looking for more. I'm always trying to go deeper because I think I'm always wanting to help others and also myself from the most systemic and deep kind of way. And I found that taking things to the energetic level, taking things to the emotional and spiritual level is where I've noticed I've had really big shifts and really big changes. And whether we're looking to heal our pain, whether we're looking to heal childhood wounds of trauma, whether we're looking to become more holistically and naturally vibrant, I think that's really important. That's really important. And then the, I guess the final thing, and this might be very woo, but I know you can go there with me, Leslie. A big theme of this podcast is being a love antenna and 
when I take it to the deepest layer possible, that the deepest layer energetically possible is love. And I say love as a way of being, love as a connecting to a higher power. And for me, that's when the shifts took a deep dive. That's when the shifts took a exponentially expansive thrust into what is true. Does that answer your question? Yeah. And just wait one more. Do you find that you learn the best through books? Like where do you find you find your, your innate ability to learn this? So where did that come from or what do I, what's the best way that I consume? Yeah. Knowledge. You know, like I said in the beginning, like I I truly believe this is past life work that I've been doing forever. Yeah. But is yours books? Is yours where? What? What for yeah. you is your your greatest so tool? So I related very heavily to what you were sharing about the the innate wisdom connecting back in, and I've actually found that through. So I do a, I I read a lot. I consume a lot. I spend a lot of time in Clubhouse. Spend a lot of time, you know, studying whether it be through courses, whether it be through just normal books. But I'm noticing more and more the more I gain and read and obtain the more I realize like, that I know that. Yes. Yeah. It was there the whole time or mm-hmm. it feels really good. And I'll read like, for example, and this is, this is what I'm studying right now. I'm studying right now, the connection between aliens and past lives and just the history of extraterrestrials on this, on this earth and how it connects to how we have a soul that might be not just a human soul, might be an extraterrestrial soul, you know, really out there woo woo stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm reading like so many books on it, but I'm also, re- it's making me excited. And there's something inside of me that's saying, Oh, this is familiar. This is, this is, mm-hmm. this is not, this is not strange. This is not crazy. This is not some person that's making up shit. It, mm-hmm. it feels familiar. It feels home. It feels, it resonates in a very deep way. So that's, and I, I connect that to all the information I obtain. Does that make well, sense? That's my question. Thank you for asking. The final word. <laughs> I love you, my friend. Well, one you. last question from me as we finish, and we just hit on it briefly. But a theme of this podcast, Leslie, is connecting back to that love word. So put very simply, how do you define that word? How do you define love? Shit. I think, I feel like I'm on like Miss, Miss USA. Um, how do I define love? I think love is, is essentially the, the be all and the end all of life. Uh, I think it, well, how it should be, it's you're conceived. It should be on everyone, but by love, you're brought in, welcomed by love. And then you go through the journey of loving others, loving yourself, hopefully, and then when you leave, you leave loved and you move through into the next realm, into a space of, of love. Although, you know, technically we don't know what's on the other side, but I think, I think love, I think love heals. I think love is healing, but I think it's really the be all and end all of everything. Beautifully said, my friend, Leslie, I love you very much. Thank you for coming on this podcast with me. Uh, I'm so excited to 
edit this and bring it out into the world so you beautiful listeners can hear it. I will end it there. Thank you for coming. And you, if you're listening, you. love you too. Beautiful listeners out there in the listening world. I hope you have a wonderful evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Leslie and I love you very much. This has been another installment of the Cosmic Love Antenna. And until next time, have a beautiful, loving week. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on ElectroCast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Electricast.